Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Daddick. Hello, everyone. Boy, do we have a fun show in store for you today. Our guest is the incomparable Ebony Love. So we'll be chatting with her about how she got her start in quilting. And then we'll just see where the conversation goes. I can hint that it goes to what she's doing right now. Our Fine Finishes segment is sponsored by Handy Quilter. And our topic today is what is in your quilting toolbox. Handy Quilter Ambassador Sue Patton is here to tell us about how to get more out of machine quilting using feet. It's really awesome. You are going to want to stay tuned for that segment. I'm excited to get started. How are you ladies? I love Ebony. I can't wait to talk to her. <laughs> I know. That is that's so exciting. And we've been dying to have her on the show forever. So this is like, it's meant to be finally. <laughs> I know. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. And I'm also excited to learn more about machine feet for your long arm because I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. And they're not only useful, but they're so pretty, too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you guys otherwise? Good? Doing good. Yeah. 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 You know, we've got the, the holiday season coming in, so I'm mm -hmm. really happy about that. Um, I just love it. You know, it kind of all starts with Halloween and then just goes till the end of the year and I kind of get in holiday mode and I love it. So, oh, yeah, I, I feel like it's finally, you know, we got our first snow here in Colorado, like real big snow. And, uh, you know, that worked, that, that kind of clicked like, okay, good. It's coming. It's <laughs> yes. definitely starting to feel like that. I'm a little sad that that we, I won't be able to like plan holidays around family, but I, I, what can you do? And so, um, I got something new last week and it also found something new this morning that I wanted to tell you guys about. I'm so excited. Ooh, what's that? So yeah, what is it? What came in the mail was something I was waiting for. I was on the waiting list to get the, um, mask panel from Ruby star society. Have you guys seen this? I have. No. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, so what is it? It's a panel of masks. Now, you know, Moda and Ruby Star Society have one. <gasps> oh, yes. Timeless Treasure has one. Riley Blake has one. They're a whole bunch and they're super cute. And so you, they have cute patterns already on them. And then you just cut them out and put them together. Oh, I the love cool it. The cool thing about the uh. Ruby Star Society one is that they've got the curved panels and then they've got the rectangular ones. And so for the curved ones, you can just mix and match. They all the colors go together. And so I really honestly got it for Sydney um, and for her friends because I figured I could just make some up real quick and they'll feel like, you know, I don't know, trendy or they'll have ones to match their outfits. But then, so I got a newsletter this morning. It was from that quarter shop and they have a new product. It is a fabric that is made by the companies that make the fabrics for scrubs. So it is actually antimicrobial. How cool is that? That's nice. cool. So yeah. does that mean it's just, it helps repel the germs? Is that what that does? Yes. Or? So oh, it awesome. is called Biosmart Antimicrobial Fabric. It has nice. a patented technology that binds chlorine from EPA registered bleach to the surface of the fabric. So it inhibits growth and spread of bacteria, killing up to 99.9% .9 of common bacteria and viruses. How Whoa. stinking cool is that? It comes in blue, white, and black. And you buy it in a package that is two yards. And actually, if you go to their website, you just type in face mask supplies. They have that on the page. And then they also have a new product from Mountain Mist that is super exciting. It is the filter media. So it mm. is yardage that you can cut out of the fabric that you put as an in-between layer that acts as a filter. How 
stinking cool and quick are these people. So basically the package of the mountain mist, it's called DIY face mask filter media. A package makes 108 four by six filters. Wow, that's great. Yeah, this is really neat. So I don't know if the filters are, it says it's washable. It says machine washable, and then you just dry it flat. The fabric, however, you use chlorine, like a chlorine bleach mm-hmm. product when you wash it. Apparently, it doesn't affect the color of the fabric. I did email Jocelyn over at Fat Quarter Shop to try and find more information. And she said it's so new that they still are learning what exactly it does. But basically, when you use bleach, it actually, what would be the word, Lori, of like... Reactivates. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. It reactivates that antimicrobial property of the fabric. I like that on that same page on the Fat Quarter Shop with the fabric and the filters, it's got lots of wonderfully colored elastic. They've got Mm. everything you need on that one page. Yeah. They think of it all. Man. Well, what I love is like my husband is the outdoor adventure guy. So every piece of clothing that he owns does something besides just, you know, be a shirt or be pants. So (laughs) now I'm like, well, yeah, well, guess what? My mask does this. I can finally compete with him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I so love that. Oh my gosh. So I'll put, I'll get some pictures and I'll put it on the show notes page where I'm sorry to all the other stores that I'm giving all the love to Fat Quarter Shop, but I just thought this was so cool that y'all needed to know about it. So, you know, I feel like I've been on a wave, you know, with this as far as making masks where I get all excited about making them and then I'm like, no more masks. I can't do it anymore. And then I'm like, <laughs> you know, so I feel like this is going to put me on that upswing to to start making masks again. Maybe. Yeah, I feel the same. My son actually texted me this morning and asked me if he could get some some new ones because his are starting to wear out. So I was actually already working on that. I, I, now I need to just find out if he wants rectangle ones or the curved ones. So we'll see. <laughs> Should we go and talk to Ebony? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Today in Open Studios, we are joined by Ebony Love. She is a quilter, author, fabric designer, educator, expert on die cuts, and she just happens to write an article for me in Quiltmaker. Welcome to the show, Ebony. Hi, Tracy. So good to be here. Thanks for having me. We are so excited. We have wanted you on the show for so long. I'm so glad that our schedules finally, the the stars aligned and it all worked out. Yes. I have to tell you a funny, Ebony and I met, what, maybe five years ago. And when I see Ebony now, I'm seeing a friend. I give her a hug and then I immediately look Lee looked down to see her shoes because she has some of the coolest <laughs> shoes in the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're definitely going to have to put a link to her Instagram up on the show notes page because she has got some cute pictures in there. Oh, my God. I'm totally scrolling through them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My shoes are, uh, you know, I, I curate fabric and now I curate shoes. <laughs> they go nice, hand in hand. Nice. I, nice. I can't so, wait for Fluvog to reach out to you and like have you design a, a quilter shoe. There oh. you go. That should be a thing. That should be a thing. So, okay. So can I tell you that um, Ravelry, the Ravelry community actually has a custom shoe <gasps> that they get every year. Really? Um, so, yes. So quilters, we need to get our act together. Mm-hmm. Because they get a shoe every year. It's a special edition or a limited edition. Oh. Um, but actually, funny story. I actually did have someone from Fluvog reach out to me because on my Instagram profile, I call myself a Fluvog fetishist because <laughs> I like alliteration. Right. And so people, people kind of wonder like, oh, God, what is that? I don't think I want to know. Um, so you don't lead with that is what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't mean with that. Um, but actually, um, John Fluvog, who's the shoe designer, uh, his daughter is a weaver. Um, oh. So we kind of connected on a fiber arts level. So it's really, it's really kind of neat. Yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. Love my shoes. <laughs> oh. It's yeah, it's pretty fun. It's it's a it's a fun community. You know, the, the this little insular shoe community, uh, you know, we have our quilting community and that's really fun. And this uh, shoe community is really great, too. <laughs> well, I'm sure in all your spare time, you can go and just design shoes, too. I'm like, 
<laughs> well, I'm having, I actually have so much fun with John's designs. They're just, um, yeah. uh, last, what was it, earlier in uh, May, there was a special uh, or a limited edition shoe for International Fluvog Day. And um, it was uh, named for and designed for Dr. Bonnie Henry, who I think she's the health minister for one of the provinces in Canada. And she she wears Fluvogs to all of her press conferences. So they got together and designed a shoe for her. And the shoe is I mean, it's perfect. I love Mary Jane's. It's a Mary Jane. Uh, it's pink. Uh, I love pink. It's patent leather. It's patent leather. It was in my sh- favorite shoe family. So it's like this shoe. I love this shoe. It's amazing. And that shoe sold out in like two and a half minutes. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah. And I didn't get a pair <laughs> at that time. Yeah. So I was really bummed out because this was like, you know, you know, everything just, you know, we're all sad and exhausted with, you know, COVID and, you know, everything. So that was like the one thing that I wanted and couldn't get. And then I was in one of the Facebook groups for this, uh, for Flubog. And, you know, we were talking about the the Dr. Henry shoe. And I just said, oh, man, I wish, you know, so if uh, I tried to get a shoe in this size and couldn't have it. And this one lady was like, oh, well, I have one. I was, you know, not thinking about, I was thinking about what to do. I can't really wear them. So if you want them, you know, I'll sell them to you. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I got that. I think, um, was that in September? So it just, it took a few months, but I ended up getting a pair. Nice. I think we've just turned this into a shoe uh, podcast. Right? Yeah, totally. It's the yeah. shoe episode. Sorry. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I'm trying to think of like, I wish I had some genius quilting idea that I I could sell out in two minutes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, I know. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? I could retire. Mm-hmm. So, Ebony, how long have you been quilting? Oh gosh, you know, I quilting is is fairly fairly recent. I mean, I've been sewing since I was I don't know since my legs were long enough to touch the foot pedal. <laughs> really? So I think yeah, I think I got my first sewing machine when I was seven or eight years old, like my very own one, not like wow. <laughs> you know, not borrowing you know my own machine. Um, but quilting, I didn't really come to quilting until my friends started having babies. And so mm. I used to do garments and home deck and accessories and that kind of thing. So I was more of a more of a um, home deck and apparel maker. Um, and I just came to quilting because, you know, when people have babies, babies need quilts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. And I thought, hey, I can sew. Like, how bad can quilting be? <laughs> and um, it's interesting because, you know, going from that five-eighths inch generous seam allowance to uh-huh. the quarter inch and the scant quarter inch it, it requires a different kind of precision but uh but after that first baby quilt I was kind of hooked on making quilts yep we have many baby to thank for uh the, the great yes. quilters in our world <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah yeah it's like the first reason for doing mm-hmm. it right yes. it's that's so true but you know did you did you come from a line of of sewists not really. I mean, my So you just wanted to sew. Well, so my mom always thought I was a weird kid because, you know, <laughs> so you know, most of, you know, most chil- like typical children, they want to go to the park, you know, they want to go to, you know, they want to go to the pool, they want to go on a play date, you know. I'm like, take me to the library and then the fabric store. Those are the two places that I wanted to go as a kid. Like <laughs> those are my nice. favorite places. Um, so, and I grew up in Colorado, so Sofro Fabrics was like the place mm. uh, to go for, um, for fabric at that time. So I just remember like getting the, you know, getting the Sunday paper and pulling out the sales flyer for Sofro Fabrics. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Looking for the things that I wanted. Wow. So, so yeah, my mom was always like, you're a weird kid. <laughs> Ebony, I wish, I wish that we grew up near each other because we would have been such good friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been I, great. Oh yeah, my gosh. It was pretty lonely. None of my friends wanted to go to like, can we go to the mall? And I'm not talking about like just as a little kid. I mean, teenager too, you know. It's like, <laughs> can we just go to the mall? Sure, if we can stop at the fabric store on the way. Oh, yeah, I totally thinking, would have gone with you. My, I totally my mom would have, have loved to have had you, uh, both of you as daughters, because I was not that kid. <laughs> and she loves to sew. So <laughs> I had the opposite. <laughs> she thought well, I was weird the, for not sewing. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, I, I wanted to make a quilt from the time I was four. 
And I remember like my mother gave me fabric and taught me how to do a whip stitch and just sat me down and like had me do it and told me we were making a quilt. And, and I remember bugging her like, okay, when are we doing the next part? What's the next step? What's the next step? And she had no intention of us actually, we weren't actually making anything. (laughs) She was just trying to keep me busy. I'm pretty sure she was just trying to like keep me pacified for a few minutes so she could do something else. And, um, but it just set that seed in me that I wanted to make a quilt from the time I was four and my sister sewed and my mother sewed, but they did garments and they really just, I was the young one. So they were, you know, like my sister was older and she had no time for showing me how to do it. You know, So <laughs> I just, I would have loved to have a friend who also wanted to go to the fabric store. I would have so been down. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just remember, I think it was, so my grandmother, I know my grandmother sews. I remember her sewing machine in a cabinet. It was in, in a cabinet in the laundry room and I wasn't really allowed to touch it. Cause you know, you know, so like all metal machine (laughs) (laughs) to make like, um, you know, she gave me a hand sewing needle and I could make uh, clothes for my Barbies. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, uh, I remember, you know, taking home ec classes and that's that, you know, that's where I got my chops, you know? And I just remember like my first memory of sewing with my mother was, um, I decided to make these Valentine heart pillows to sell to my classmates so she, I remember she would sit down with me and help me sew the lace on all my orders. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. So yeah, but she didn't really, she she did not really sew. Like she knew how, but it wasn't one of her passions. So at what point did you think, hey, I could do this for a living? Clearly when she was like 10. <laughs> I know, exactly. She was already starting her own business. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's always been like, I've always been an entrepreneur in this industry, just in different, you know, in different forms or fashions. So I think I always envisioned it as a part of my life, you know, but I don't, I don't, I don't think I really ever pictured it as like, oh yeah, I could do this, you know, absolutely for a living. Um, you know, but I did get uh, laid off a few years ago and that kind of necessitated, you know, picking, picking it up and, um, you know, and going that direction. But I actually like to have more of a balance um, because, you know, this thing, it's fun. Um, and when it is the only thing that you do all day, every day, you know, it's, it's kind of like when people, you know, if, if, if someone travels like 50, 50 weeks a year, 40 weeks a year, you know, people think that's super glamorous, you know, to jet set around the world and stay in hotels and try different you know, restaurants that gets so old after a while. Um, and it kind of gets that way too. Like when quilting is your passion and it's also, Mm -hmm. you know, your business and how you make a living that it, sometimes it can take the fun out of it. So, so I like actually having a job, um, that I do alongside running my business. I feel like we've been talking a lot about that, about like, you know, the burnout that comes with Mm -hmm. working, you know, professionally as a quilter. And I think, you know, for us, I feel like people think that we just sit around and make quilts all day and that's not what we do. We're trying to make that happen, Tracy. We're trying trying to make it. I know we're trying to make that happen because we're trying to be better about it. But you know, our, what we do is, is creative in itself because we're looking at quilts and writing about quilts all day. And so it sort of takes all of that, that creative energy like so we've been really working on this yeah so is there a way that you you work on this is there a way that you try and like instill fun and and that sort of sense of like you're still a quilter so you know it's funny when when I first started like I was this purist who thought you know well if I don't design it and cut it and sew it and quilt it like it's not really mine Uh right like I have to do everything from start to finish and I remember there was um at one point like really really I'm not going to name her because I still want to hang out with her but really famous quilter you know huge 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 in the industry and I found out that she did not make her own quilts Uh, someone else actually made the quilts and I just was like oh and she calls herself a quilter. <laughs> yeah, I had a little bit of the quilt police in me, right? So I'm like this purist, like you have to do everything yourself. But the thing is, is you get to a point where you cannot 
get all of the ideas out of your head and all of the things that you want to do and run a business if you insist on doing absolutely everything yourself. There's just, there's no way, you know, if you want to make one quilt a year, then yeah, you might be able to do that all yourself. But if you're trying to, you know, get out 15, 20, 30 quilts a year, there's, there's no way (laughs) to do it. So the first time that I actually had to hire a stunt piecer, like it's, it's so funny, just the life lessons and how you get humbled (laughs) (laughs) when your ideas get challenged, you know, and it was just like, I finally had to admit that if I wanted something done, I needed to get help. Um, and I actually found a stunt piecer who is just, um, she's actually much better at piecing than I am. And that's also kind of a oh, blow of the ego. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. No way. I've yes seen your way. stuff up close. <laughs> well, okay. So I was in, I was teaching a class on um, binding and um, uh, there was a, a quilt judge who was like auditing my class. And I, I always tell the people in the class, like, if you're going to enter a quilt in a show, don't do this binding technique. Like this is for the, you know, for the baby quilts, the drag alongs, the things that have to get finished. Like it's a nice finishing technique, but if you're entering a show, you don't want to give a judge a reason to mark you down. Um, you know, so don't do this all machine, you know, uh, technique. And so the judge uh, raised his hand, he piped up and he said, you know, I've been studying your samples. And if I saw this technique in a show, I wouldn't give points off. It's a good technique. It looks good. And I was like, oh, gosh, thank you. But the next thing out of his mouth was, but your piecing would not win any prizes. <gasps> oh, no! What? Right through the heart. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, oh, just a kick in the gut. So, um, so yeah, no, I'm, uh, I, I recognize that, uh, you know, I mean, it's when I want to, when I want to do it, I can do it, you know, I can be really precise, but you know, it just finishing them is so much better for me than just having a bunch of like ripped out bits of thread you know everywhere yeah. you know it's like if it's good enough for a photograph like I've had I've had quilts in magazines I've been on the covers of magazines if it's good enough for that you know <laughs> then yeah. I'm not going to worry about it too much you know so well yeah and I just feel like I feel like the the quilt police need to you need to go away you know? yeah. Yeah. especially yeah. at least but, for know, 2020 you know oh, yeah. like, really we got enough going on this year we have to eliminate our own inner quilt police because, mm-hmm. you know, I see so many things like I have been the quilt police. I've been the quilt police to myself. You know, there's a lot of people like I read in these forums all the time, people going, oh, can you mix batiks and cotton? Can you, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? Do I have to put a border on it? And it's like, do what you want. It's your quilt. Exactly. Yeah. You know? I actually feel pretty lucky coming into this kind of later in the game because I really haven't had that encounter with like the quilt police. Anytime I've wanted to do anything, everybody's always been like, sure, whatever, you know, and, you know, so I feel pretty lucky that I really haven't had to encounter them too much. I've been the quilt police. I've witnessed the quilt police. (laughs) I've talked to the quilt police. Yeah. My husband is the quilt police. Well, maybe that's a good sign though. Maybe it's on its way out, you know, or maybe we're starting to realize just as a community, like we don't need it, you know, it's like, let's just get out there and enjoy it and, you know, not be so hard on each other. Yeah. It's a nice thought. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it really is. That's my dream world right there. My dream quilt world. <laughs> it's my dream yeah, world too. I, mean, I feel like that's what Quilt and Tell is all about. Like we no yeah. quilt police here. Yeah. And I think as things change, I mean, there was also a time where if you used a sewing machine to piece your quilts, you weren't a real mm. quilter. If you used a rotary mm-hmm. cutter, you mm-hmm. weren't a real quilter, right? So, right. you know, so we go through these things. If you use a long arm machine, you weren't a real quilter if you didn't hand quilt, right? So there's, I think as the techniques evolve, like you get these new generations of folks who, you know, who grow up with the technique and then you've got folks who are transitioning, Mm -hmm. you know, out of, you know, one technique and into another. And I think that's, it's those pivot points where things change. You know, there's, I'm sure there's still, you know, folks looking at, well, that's not a modern quilt, right? (laughs) You know, know, so um, yeah, I just, I think people just need to, to give themselves um, just room to grow. Like you can't grow if you don't try different things and, and mm-hmm. you are too, too worried about what other people are going to think about it. Um, you know, we don't get innovation without mistakes, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's like, how did the, how did we come up with flying geese? I don't know. Maybe somebody stitched a half square triangle together, 
you know, the wrong direction and just left it. Right. <laughs> you <know>? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, as we mentioned, like the way 2020 is going, how, I, I ask everyone who comes on the show, like how the year has changed for them. I imagine that it was drastic for you. Well, it's so funny because I, you know, from the beginning, like I've always had my business online. Um, I've always been, you know, I've been teaching classes online mm-hmm. since um, what, 2011, 2012, something like that. So, I mean, I wasn't the first, you know, but, <laughs> right, right. You know, but I've been teaching online for a very long time. So this, this concept of just pivoting from, you know, in person to online wasn't such a huge leap for me, but I did um, have a public studio that, um, you know, that I've had to shutter because, you know, there's mm-hmm. nobody coming here and I don't want you here if you, you know, because I don't know where yeah. you've been kind of a thing. So, um, you know, so my business has had to pivot a little bit. The interesting thing that I found is that, um, you know, the cancellation of all the in-person events and the guilt meetings and the shows and all of that, What's really interesting is that those cancellations actually freed up time on my calendar and other people's calendars for us to do collaborations. Mm. And so I've, you know, if you want to get on somebody's calendar, you know, you have to work around things that they've booked, you know, two, three years ago. (laughs) And when all those things cancel, you know, people's schedules start to open up again. So I've, I've had an amazing opportunity to, um, do things different in my in my own business, and um, you know, really look at in this age where in person events, who knows when they're coming back? What do we need to adjust? What do we need to shift? But also, who can I work with now? Um, now that their schedule is a little, mm-hmm. um, you know, wider open to where I I might not be able to get uh, be able to work with them for you know, two or three years, <laughs> you know, to to you know, we have to think so far in advance to get on their calendar. So that's been really fabulous. Well, who have you been excited to work with that you didn't get a chance to work with before? So I've got kind of two, two things happening in, par- in parallel. Ha <laughs> ha, parallel. Uh, speaking of parallel. <laughs> Sorry for the pun, bad pun, bad, bad. (laughs) So, so one project that I'm working on um, is a mystery quilt and it's a, I call it a round robin mystery quilt. And uh, I'm working on that with Latifah Safir and uh, Guyleen Fitzgerald. And two very powerhouse, um, you know, quilters kind of in the contemporary slash modern um, area. We have sometimes been teaching like at the same venue, but not like we've never been kind of all in at the same place at the same time. And so we are putting together a mystery quilt called Parallel Universe. Ooh. And uh, it's a six week uh, online adventure. We are doing um, reveals every week starting January 1st. Um, so that's been really, you know, really fun to collaborate with them and to design a quilt. I mean, I don't know what your, you know, what's on your bucket list, but, you know, you know, design, like collaborating on a quilt design with, uh, you know, two really fantastic people is just, you know, check that off the list. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was so much fun. And, and, uh, you know, we're inviting people to come along on this journey with us. And and that's been really incredible too. Just the response has been amazing. I bet. I mean, we've had Latifah on the show before and, you know, it was really interesting to sort of get her perspective, but I've never met Guileen and, um, I, she actually just submitted, um, a quilt design that is going to be in quilt maker. I think the May, June episode, I mean, um, issue <laughs> and she, Oh my gosh, Ebony. I know. <laughs> she sent in three quilts. She sent in three quilts. <laughs> like, you know, we we pick the quilts. I asked if we could use what the photo of the one that she had made already in the magazine as a color option, but then she made another one on top of it. Um, so I just, <laughs> yeah. wow. Yeah, that's so funny. And then compare and contrast. And Lori, you can you can vouch for me here. Like Lori's lucky if I send her a quilt that's got a sleeve and a label on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's true. (laughs) It's like, you're looking at this quilt. Well, whose quilt is this? It must be Ebony's because there's no label. (laughs) You know, meanwhile, like I can barely get all the parts done on one quilt and guy sends in three because that's how 
that's that's how powerhouse she is. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh, amazing, amazing. All right. Well, you said that you were working on two projects. So what's the other one? Yeah. So the other one, um, so right about April, um, you know, as, uh, and you guys know, and mm. I'm sure you, you've talked about this many times. It's like, you're just sitting there watching event after event get canceled. Yes. Right. One of the mm. things, like I'm a traveling teacher, you know, I go around and, you know, teach at guilds and teach at, at national shows and just to see all these events get canceled. And it's one thing for like the people in the community to, you know, for the quilters to not be able to go to these events and see the new product and see the quilts hanging in the shows and, you know, and see each other and take classes and all of these things. But I also realized, you know, hey, this is an income stream Mm-hmm. for all of these designers and teachers and instructors that just ended, you know? And uh, so I was trying to think about like, what could I do to help my friends, you know, um, earn uh, earn income and uh, help bring quilters together. So I decided to do uh, a virtual retreat, nice. virtual quilt retreat. And the first one, so it was like first week of April, I come up with this idea uh, I talked to four of my um, four of my friends who uh, design quilts uh, and design fabric for Island Batique, and I invited them to do a retreat in June. So in seven weeks, we pulled together a virtual quilt retreat uh, online. We had over 200 people in attendance. Um, wow. We got companies to sponsor. Nice. Like it was it was really great. And so, like right after that, people were like, "When's the next one?" <laughs> so, <laughs> so I You're said, like, well, "Wait, what?" It's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> oh. you're thinking oh this will get us through and then next thing you know you're like great we still got to plan more (laughs) exactly and I was like well why don't we do something like in December you know because I'm still at that point um you know festival hadn't been canceled and um, Mm, you know and I was also you can't you know October November is taken so I said well let's do something in December and then I just kept getting emails and like no we want something sooner we want something sooner so I stuck in a retreat in um in September. So we just finished one, um, fall into sewing. So that one, we had about 250 people attend that one. Um, so it's been, it's just been really fabulous. So the teachers get to teach and the, the retreaters get to sew and, and learn. And, uh, that's been really great. So we're in the middle of, uh, enrollment for the December retreat, which is craft for the holidays. So, um, yeah, so I'm just kind of doing them and I guess now I'm in the retreat business. Yes, you are clearly funny because I never would do this. If, if it were in person, I never would do it because it's too, it's too much logistics. You got to worry about mm-hmm. people like, you know, who allergies and oh, yeah. food preferences. And, um, you know, I don't want to sit next to this person cause I don't like them. And, you know, like oh. just all of these, you know, all of these things that, um, you know, to, to try to make people happy and, you know, make sure you have enough hotel rooms and all of that. Like if this were in person, I never would do it. Um, you know, somehow this virtual retreat, it's like, okay, I can put up a website. I can, you know, I can get some, uh, you know, do an event, uh, you know, an event online. And it's kind of cool. The software that we're using allows, allows them to interact with each other on video and audio. Nice. People in the retreat. It's not just, it's not like being in a Facebook group. It's like actually being, um, it's as close as you can get to an in-person event without actually being physically in the room with someone. So, so that's been kind of nice to, to try to create that experience for people. That's a little bit different than, than just getting in a Facebook group and chatting via, via text. Mm-hmm. Ebony, I went to your first retreat Yes, and, and that was one of the things I really liked about it was that I got to talk to other people because that's part of the fun of mm-hmm. of being a quilter is we have an instant community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that was just a really fun thing to be able to connect with people from all over the place. Um, and your classes were great too. So, you. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking that that everybody that's out there that's like, me that's saying, I really miss seeing people. This is such a cool thing. Yeah, yeah, it's so great. And people are sharing like there, you can see their sewing rooms, we get tours of people's sewing areas and stuff. So it's, you know, people share their their projects. And it's, it's really great fun. It's, it's been really great fun. It's, it's hectic. 
right? <laughs> but, uh, but when we get in there, we just, we have so much fun together. So, oh, and I love that idea of uh, maybe gifting it to somebody for the holidays as a gift, you know, cause that would just yeah. be an awesome thing to get. So I think that would be a brilliant idea too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We've had um, some, someone won, uh, someone's employer actually had this, like, I don't know, you get like, if you're employee of the month or something, they buy, they buy you something. And um, she asked for the retreat. So, so the, so the company actually went in and registered her, nice. <laughs> you know, and ordered stuff. So yeah, that is a real thing. That's a real thing. Oh, yeah. Thing to oh, do. Well, and it's so funny because I think back in June, we actually had Kate Cullerin as one of our guests, and I believe she was prepping and getting ready mm-hmm. because it was going to happen. So it's so awesome. That was like, it feels like that was years ago, but that's awesome that it seems like it all went well. And now you're what? No, this is number three coming up. So that's yeah, great. Yeah. This is number three. Yeah. Yep. So if people want more information about the retreat, where do they go? So the retreat can be found at retreatfromhome.com. Uh, you guys have show notes, so I don't have to spell it out. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll definitely put a we'll put a link yeah. in the show notes page. And if they want to participate in the um, the mystery quilts along, um, where do they get information on that? That is paralleluniversemystery.com. Nice. All right, we'll put links for both. Ebony, we are nearing the end of our time, and oh, I am no. just. I know. I'm sorry, but we had such a great time talking to you. I mean, I, I've known you for, I can, and it's funny because Lori was telling about when she met you and I remember the exact moment that I met you and I believe it was Houston in 2012 and I know the exact moment, but I didn't know that all these things about you, about you, you know, sewing when you were a kid and all this so it was even I learned something yeah no that's so great and it's funny because like I don't know I just I can't remember a time not knowing you it just feels like you've always been theirs oh that makes me feel fuzzy inside yeah <laughs> so this is great I finally got on the show yay yay, yay. I know we can knock you off our bucket list now it's like all right, yes, good. right? You've, yes. you've been on the list for a while <laughs> fantastic well, this well is so great. thank you for joining us we're so happy and we'll definitely put links for both of these events and um, i'm sure that our listeners will be super excited to learn more about those well i can't wait to meet them either in the mystery or at the retreat yay thanks Ebony. thank you today's fine finishes segment is brought to you by handy quilter Sue Patton is an ambassador for Handy Quilter. Sue has taught all sorts of long-arm quilting techniques and so forth. So, Sue, tell us just a little bit about what's in your toolbox. What, what would you like to tell us about today? So, for me, when I'm quilting either on my domestic machine or my long-arm, there are just a couple of things that I absolutely could not live without – Although I absolutely love my free motion work, I could not live without my full assortment of rulers. So I tend to jump between my ruler work, fill it in with free motion. I have some fabulous specialty feet that go with, you know, really well with my long arm. So probably my favorite must-haves would be my sure foot so that I can work quickly and accurately when I'm doing my ruler work. And then for me, probably that echo foot would be my next top choice. So with the echo foot, just it comes in three sizes. It works with your rulers, but it also works with your free motion. So the thickness, the circle thickness, helps you when you're free motion quilting to stay nice and large. And when you're ruler working, it actually takes that ruler and it alters the design that the ruler makes. Does that make sense? It did, yeah. I I actually have the echo foot and it hadn't occurred to me to use it to space my free motion quilting. Mm. Oh, it's perfect Ah. for that. So, you know, when you first start quilting and, you know, you want, you've got that beautiful bed quilt and you're doing an all over pattern and you want to keep it nice and soft and fluffy because you're going to be snuggling it. You're sleeping under it. So you don't want it too stiff. So what happens is, is when we start, 
you know, we've got these great, big, beautiful designs. And as we work through the quilt, we get smaller and smaller and mm-hmm. smaller. Yes. Yep. So you pop that large echo foot on there. And then I use that outer edge as my guide. So anytime the outer edge of that large echo foot hits any line that I've already stitched, I know it's time to go in a different direction. So I have that nice, consistent, you know, two to three inches between my stitch lines. So when I'm done, it's nice and easy. And it's, you know, I have no tiny little areas that seem to be micro stippled in amongst my nice, soft, fluffy design concepts. Now with my ruler, what happens is, is all of your rulers are designed for that small quarter inch round foot. So when you put that echo foot on, regardless of which of the three sizes you use, it actually alters any ruler with an outside edge. And I have some photos that I will send for you to post for people to look at. But what happens is, is even if you have just a wave ruler that you're using, the thicker that foot, the more dramatically it changes the movement of that wave. So with those three feet, you now have four designs for that one ruler. So for me, that's fabulous. My mind is going like 100 miles per (laughs) hour because I just, I guess I didn't even know that, you know, there were different feet for long arms. Oh, yes. So, and it's so funny because, you know, we have so many feet for our domestic machine and we tend, because we're quilters, you know, if a foot comes with your machine or there's a cool foot out there, we tend to just buy it and bring it home with us. And we put it in our special little case and we never see it again. Don't we love to buy stuff just to store it and hang it on the wall? Right? Yeah, it looks good there. <laughs> it does. And I have all those same feet for my sit down machines. But on my sit down machine, literally, I use my quarter inch foot and I use my ruler foot. And I probably have 23 feet for every machine I own. But on my long arm, I love, love to grab those feet because at the end of the day, what it does is is it makes my job easier. So if I need something specific, I've got a foot there that's going to make that, you know, getting that quilt done less stressful. And let's be honest, at the end of the day, everybody loves to piece. And then we get so worked up and so stressed out about that finishing because we don't have the right tools in our toolbox to keep it passionate instead of stressful, filled with anxiety. So I think anything that helps you to complete that quilt, whether it's free motion, whether you're working around applique and you need a specific foot for that, Whatever you want to put on that quilt to finish it, that right foot really helps make it less stressful. So for me, you know, I I don't have a lot of extra tools in my toolbox, but for me, I have quite a few different options of feet. So depending on what I'm quilting, what fibers I'm using on my quilt top, if I'm couching, I have a special foot for that. If I'm echo quilting, I have a special foot for that. And it only takes me two seconds to switch it out. So it's worth it for me to do that and to either be able to see what I'm doing better or to add an extra flair to the ruler or, you know, taking even my applique foot. If I have lots of really thick seams, you know, when you put all your star points together, oh my gosh, what a nightmare. I know if I throw (laughs) my applique foot on there, it's going to slide up over top of that not so thin seam line and it's not going to push it out of the way it's going to allow that needle just to stitch right where I want it to stitch without pushing it or puckering it or pleating it so for me those feet are pretty much top of my priority list so Sue I'm kind of curious how long did it take you to kind of master these uh, different feet and what's some good advice if somebody's just getting started because it can be pretty overwhelming to kind of look at all these feet and figure it out so what's a good starting method exactly and again you know we're quilters so we go oh I've got to have that foot 
But I think it's really important that you match the tools in your toolbox to first your style of quilting and your need. So your best option is to always. So I, I want you to see the footwork before you purchase it. Does that make sense? Because mm-hmm, sometimes definitely. we mm-hmm. read the title of that foot and we think it's going to do one thing and solve a problem for us. And we purchase that foot at great expense and suddenly it's not really helping me. So I hate for people to be in that situation. The best thing for me is my number one suggestion is if you are looking for a different foot or you want to see what's available and what might suit you and your style of quilting, go to that Handy Quilter page and watch those tutorials because those tutorials are going to physically show you exactly what that foot is going to do. Watch them all, pick one foot at a time, master it, and then move to your next foot. Does that make sense? Yes. So you're basically saying, be patient, grasshopper. (laughs) Absolutely. And most of the, you know, a lot of the tools, when you get a ruler, you've got to learn all these techniques for it. With the feet, they are absolutely basic. So all of your quilting feet, just like on your machine, are built to make a specific task easier, easier for you and easier for your machine to handle. So if you do a lot of applique, then you're going to look for an applique foot. It's plastic, it's curved, you can slide in and out of your applique without pushing it out of the way. You can see perfectly to ditch around your applique. Bottom line, you want to choose a foot or feet that accommodate what you do on a regular basis so that you don't have, you know, those feet just sitting around like my poor domestic feet. (laughs) I had to buy specialty boxes for those suckers. (laughs) 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 The other suggestion that I'm going to make is when you have extra feet in your toolbox, they all come in these special little containers. So, As to not lose just one of those three echo feet in that package, whatever foot I have on my machine, I place into the box of the foot that I'm using so that when I'm done with that foot and I return it to my box, I know exactly where my foot is. Does that make sense? I don't know how many times I've lost just one echo foot and had to buy the whole new package. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then, of course... You know, as soon as it arrives, <laughs> two days later, you find that foot. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So if anyone's missing that middle one, I have several. Just. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yes. Wow. This was really helpful, Sue. I, I just don't, you know, you know, it's funny. You don't know what you don't know until you know it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and the best the best part about the feet is, so for me, you know, I would say that my, the best foot that Handy Quilter made for me was I put my binding, I, I hate binding. I know people are not going to be happy to hear that. I know everyone just loves at the end of that quilt to sit on the sofa and, you know, binge watch something on Netflix while they're binding their quilt. I have probably a dozen quilts that I didn't bind on my long arm and they still don't have binding on them. They go on the beds. They've been washed. They've been laundered. They've (laughs) gone into my trunk. They've actually hung at shows, but you know what? There's no binding on them. But when I bought that square binding foot and I get that binding done before I take that quilt off of my frame, all I have to do then is stitch it down. I don't have to pull out my domestic machine. I don't, it just makes that one step less agonizing for me. So I get it done. And lo and behold, I now probably have 90% of my quilts bound. Nice. All because That's of a amazing. foot. Yeah. All because <laughs> of a single foot. That's correct. <laughs> well, this was just so incredibly helpful to learn all this because I didn't know about this. Right. And it's, it's funny. There's so much, this is one of those industries where, I mean, every time you turn around, there's all these cool new items and 
anything that helps you at the end of the day to keep your quilting a passion instead of a pain, as far as I'm concerned, is well worth its weight in gold. We quilt because it's our stress relief. It's our, it's our happy place. So anything that makes my happy place better definitely goes into my toolbox. That's wonderful. So I'm guessing we can send our listeners, if they're interested to learn more about these feet, to handyquilter.com? Absolutely. So there is a full tutorial page and they do, you know, they've got videos for their rulers. They've got videos for every gizmo and gadget that they sell. You just want to go and look for the specific feet and then go and watch some tutorials. I bet I know what I'm doing tonight. It's all it's all free. So and I do know that there are other long arm machine companies that now have feet. So if you have a brand that's not long arm, feel free to jump on, you know, that website as well and take a look and see if there's tutorials out there for you as well. That's wonderful. Thank you for joining us today, Sue. I, this was, oh, you are this so, was so helpful. I'm sure that our listeners are um, going to be eating this up and going to check out those tutorials. Excellent. Well, I wish them all the luck in the world. And if they have any questions, you know, as to which foot works best for me, they can absolutely just fire me an email and I can help them pick and choose based on what they do the most when they are finishing their quilt. Nice. That's, be careful what you ask for. They're yeah, going to be awesome. Right? I was going to say, do we tell her to, maybe we'll drop your email address into the show notes page. Oh, absolutely. That would be great. Yes. Sounds good. Thank you so awesome. much, Sue. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer. Whoopee!